welcome to the Games for the Throne podcast, a podcast about the HBO series Game of Thrones. I'm your host, Courtney, aka Mother of Dragons. Welcome to Games for the Throne. So we have reached the end of Game of Thrones. We have seen the last episode. We know who wins the Iron Throne, or at least um, is now the ruler of what is left of Westeros, and I'm sure some people are happy and some people are sad, and some people have mixed feelings. I'm one of the people that has mixed feelings. Um, I pretty much guessed what the first half of the episode was going to be. I think that was the way it was heading. Um, was a little surprised by some things in the latter half. Some things I still got to think about, let them sink in, because it's just a lot to take in, but um, I will start my recap now. So we pick up where we left off in last week's episode. So it's the end of um, the battle. Everybody in King's Landing is dead with the exception of Arya. Do not know what the purpose of the white horse was at the end of last week's episode for Arya because when we see her, she doesn't have a horse. The horse is gone. Um, Tyrion is just walking around King's Landing. He's looking at all the destruction. He is just... um, sad that he bet on the wrong horse and uh you know sad that he gave up his best friend um and Danny really couldn't be saved she really just had snapped um so he's just walking around and we see just all this death and destruction everywhere and Sir Davos and John are walking with him and they're all walking to the Red Keep to presumably find Danny and as they walk to the Red Keep they actually walk by the mother and the little girl that Arya um, we last saw um, near Arya as they're burned up and embraced in each other's arms and everything. Um, Tyrion just kind of looks at John. He says, look, I'm going on by myself. Um, I'll find you later. John's just like, I don't know. I think we should send some men with you. It's just really not safe. And um, Tyrion's like, no, I've got to go alone. I've got to do this by myself. And uh, before he walks away, they see Grey Worm and some other Unsullied. They have Lannister soldiers lined up and they are just slaughtering them, um, just executing them. And John is, you know, like, what the heck's going on? These men have surrendered. Uh, Cersei's dead. What's going on? And Grey Worm's like, look, we're not done yet. We're supposed to kill anybody who follows Cersei Lannister. And John's like, yeah, but these people are innocent. These people, they didn't choose to fight for her. But Grey Worm just doesn't see that way. He doesn't see it that way. He sees it as these are all enemies of our queen. And uh, John grabs his arm and then things get really heated because the Unsullied and John's um, soldiers pull their weapons. But Sir Davos just kind of calmly says, you know, John, let's talk to the queen. Let's get things straightened out. Um, you know, let's not be too hasty. So John considers that and sees that as the best path to move forward on. But unfortunately, when they walk away, Grey Worm's still, um, executing these men. So it didn't do anything to help them at that point. Tyrion gets into the Red Keep and he finds a lantern laying on the ground. So he lights that up and he goes down to the basement to look for Jamie and Cersei and see if they possibly made it out if that boat's gone and he gets down there and uh he sees that the way is blocked to even get down to the basement or the dungeon whatever you want to call it. it's not really a dungeon it's kind of like a basement 
Um, there's this one little opening though, that of course is just tiny enough for a dwarf to walk through. So he climbs up there, walks through it. He goes through, um, and he sees that the way to the beach is blocked and, and he's looking around at all of these dragon skulls that, you know, he always admired these dragons and now you seen what they can really do because the dragons were really the favorite part of the story for me too, but they are weapons of mass destruction. But anyway, so he sees that things have collapsed and he goes over to some of the rubble and he sees Jamie's golden hand sticking out. So he just starts to get upset. He starts uh, moving the rubble, removing the rubble. And he digs deep enough where he uncovers Jamie and Cersei. And of course, they're, you know, just in each other's arms and they're dead. And uh, he's just, you know, again, he's extremely upset because he tried to save them. He tried time and time again. Um, and even though, you know, if Cersei had listened or not been the you know what that she was, um, perhaps she could have gotten away unscathed at some point. But um, as she always said in the early seasons, you know, her and Jamie were born together and they would die together. So that's what happened. And even though I'm very upset that she did not have <laughs> um, a torturous death, because I think we all wanted to see that, uh, it was very poetic. And in a way, it was really, you know, sweet that her and Jamie died together. I just wish, like a lot of you, that he had killed her and not gone to save her once again. Arya's walking around. Again, there's no white horse to be seen. I don't really know what the purpose of that was last week. There's a lot of theorizing about that. Um, and it was kind of all for naught, unless there's something I don't know about. Um, they didn't have a behind or inside the episode or behind the scenes or anything. They usually put that up right after the episode. And I don't know if HBO um, is just uh, gone AWOL and it's crazy and they can't get it posted or they didn't get it posted or if they're just going to make us wait until the documentary next Sunday night, um, which may be the case. You never know. Or maybe they're just trying to prevent spoilers for people who haven't been able to see it yet. Though they didn't care before. I don't know why they care now. But maybe we'll get some of that behind the scenes and explanation of some things later on down the road. But um, as of like midnight tonight, I didn't see that on HBO.com. But um, Arya's walking around. She sees the Dothraki for forming up. Um the Unsullied are forming up. She sees John walking uh, through and he's trying to get up there to where Danny is. The Targaryen banner is hanging from the Red Keep and uh, Grey Worm's there waiting as well. Drogon flies over. He lands kind of inside the Red Keep and then we see through this doorway Daenerys walking out and it was so freaking cool because Drogon's wings just came out from behind her and it literally looked like she was about to she turned into a dragon for a second but his wings come out it looks like they come from her and then he gets up and flies away she gives this big speech in like Dothraki and Valyrian um so Tyrion might have caught a little bit of it but for John and the rest of them who do not speak this language they had no idea what was going on they were just kind of standing there like uh okay but Danny goes into this big speech. She thanks the Dothraki for um, coming across the narrow sea with her and helping her tear down the stone castles and take the Iron Throne and all these things that they promised. She thanks Grey Worm. Um, she 
points him out. Uh, he calls, she calls him her master of war. She thanks the unsullied. She calls them liberators. And uh, then Tyrion walks up behind her. Um, and Danny is talking about how the war is not over. So all this time it's been okay. As soon as we win the Iron Throne and we liberate, you know, and I take the Iron Throne, then this war is going to be over. That'll be the Great War. Now the power and the um, Targaryen mad, I hate to call it madness. I mean, it is madness, but she really thinks that there's, she can make this better world. And there have been um, a few Targaryens that have thought that way. And so she talks about how, okay, well now we're going to liberate Winterfell. We're going to liberate Dorne. We're going to go back across to Essos. And, um, you know, we've already taken care of Marine and Astapor and Yunkai, but, you know, we're going to, um, we're going to liberate everyone in the Jade Sea to Karth to all these different places. So, I mean, she's pretty much talking about going to every single stronghold or city around the world and liberating, I say with quotation marks, um, those people. So what does that mean? Because we've now just seen what um, she feels is liberation, the links that she is going to go to, because basically if you don't, um, run out and, you know, Misa Misa and, you know, love on her, then you're part of the problem and you're going to die. So she sees Tyrion at this point when she's done with her speech and she says, so I know you freed your brother. Um, you know, you've committed treason. And um, he says, yeah, well, you just slaughtered a whole city of innocent people. And he takes off his hand of the queen pen and he throws it down. So she has the unsullied arrest him immediately. And as they're taking him away, he looks at John like, okay, like, you know, we got to talk. You need to do something about this. I know who you are. And things have just gone off the deep end. So we got to do something about this. Uh, so John kind of walks to, so Danny turns around, she walks off and John's kind of walking behind her. Arya sneaks up beside John and, um, you know, he hugs her. He's like, what are you doing here? What happened? And she says, well, I came here to kill Cersei, but your queen got there first. And John, of course, you know, same thing. He's been echoing. Oh, she's our queen. She's everybody's queen. And, uh, Arya is like, yeah, I don't think Sansa is going to like that too much. Um, and so John, of course, worried about Arya. He says, look, go wait outside the city gates for me. And um, I don't know if he's just going to help her get out of the city or do something for what he wants to do. But he tells her to go wait outside the city gates. And she says, look, Danny, she's going to kill you because of who you are. She knows who you are. You're a threat. And no matter how she treats you now, you know, no matter how satiated she may be at the moment, um, I've seen a killer and that's a killer and she is going to come after you because you're a threat to her. John then goes to see Tyrion. Tyrion's like, yeah, did you bring any wine? John's like, uh, no, because, you know, John doesn't think like that. But of course, Tyrion's disappointed. And uh, Tyrion's like, yeah, so I was completely wrong. I betrayed my best friend that I ever had in the entire world. And he was right. And uh, now, you know, I'm basically going to get killed by a dragon. So his ashes can tell my asses. Yeah, I told you so. Um, Tyrion asked John too. He's like, well, you know, you're the closest person I know that's been, um, you know, you're the best person to answer this question. So what happens after death? 
And John says, well, you know, as far as I could tell, nothing. It just seemed to be um, oblivion. And Tyrion says, well, I guess that's the best thing I can hope for because I don't really want to go to hell. That wouldn't be much fun. I'm sure my family will be there, but they don't like me too much. Um, you know, and I'm probably not going to if there's a heaven, you know, whatever that is. So I can just hope that there's nothing and that it just all stops. And Tyrion admits that, you know, he, he betrayed his queen, but he says, you know, I would do it again. And, um, John, of course, this is very reminiscent of how, um, Ned Stark just kind of blindly followed Robert. Robert did some horrible things too. And, um, you know, Ned just always, you know, even though he would speak up against it, um, as much as he could, he still followed his friend and John has kind of done the same thing, you know, he's pledged fealty to her. And so he just defends her. Um, John says, you know, look, I can't justify what happened, but the war is over now. You know, he thinks this is all done that, you know, she's satiated. She's got the throne. Things are going to be peaceful now. They're going to rebuild. But Tyrion says, you know, I know you can't speak Valerian and Dothraki, but did it sound to you like she was done? Because it really sounded like it was just the beginning. And, you know, that she's, you know, she's going to continue to do this. She, you know, she wants the whole world liberated and Westeros was not the beginning. And she's going to go to Winterfell. She's going to go against your sisters and she is eventually going to kill you. Because no matter how much she likes you right now, she is going to get paranoid. You're going to be a rival and she is going to eventually take you out and the people that you love. And John throws it back in Tyrion's face and is like, yeah, but you know, you've been with her these last few years and you've been counseling her. So you had just as much a part of this. And Tyrion says, yeah, you know, I mean, I did. But what what did I expect? Her words are fire and blood. And that's what she brought. And uh, John gets really upset at that, of course, because, you know, he is Targaryen as well. And, uh, you know, he's like, OK, are our family words just like stamped on him when we're born? You know, because that's what it says. That's all we can ever be. Um, and Tyrion just says, well, my family is awful, um, but they didn't kill as many people, you know, as many people as my dad killed and my sister killed and my brother killed they didn't kill as many people put together as Daenerys did that day and John just keeps defending her and Tyrion asks you know John if this was you would you have done that you've ridden a dragon you've seen the power you've had that power in your hands if the bells rang and the people surrendered would you have continued to go on and John says you know I don't know and uh Tyrion says yes you do know what you would do you wouldn't do it and you know you just don't want to betray her because you love her and uh you know John says look it doesn't matter what I would do and Tyrion says yeah it matters very much what you could do right now is important it's what's you know are you going to save the world or are you just going to turn a blind eye because what you do at this moment what you pick at this very moment is going to determine the future and Tyrion admits you know look when Daenerys, you know, first came into power, you know, she, who did she kill? She killed the masters who, um, sold slaves and bred the unsullied, you know, they were evil men. So it was okay for her to kill them, you know? And, uh, then she killed the masters because, uh, and Marine and everything who owned the other slaves. And of course that was okay because they were just evil. 
and um, she killed the Dothraki calls because they all they did was really drink and run around and collect slaves and kind of terrorize part of Essos. And that's all they did. They didn't really do anything else. They didn't really have any ambition, but they were kind of evil. So she inspired hope in the rest of the Dothraki and in the slaves and, and everybody else. And it was all okay because those are evil men, but now she's killing innocent people. And, um, you know, it was, she grows as she grows more and more powerful. She thinks that what she is doing is right. Um, you know, she just thinks that she's purifying the world and that her cause is just and she's winning. So she just, she's past the point of no return now. And she thinks that she is doing the right thing. And I don't think that any one of us can now tell her that she isn't and that she'll listen to us. And Tyrion says, you know, if you believed um, that you could get whatever, a rid of whatever stood between you and paradise, would you not do that? You know, if you really believe that what you were doing was the right thing and you were going to save millions of people, would you stop at anything to complete that quest and complete what you thought was your destiny? And Tyrion says, you know, love is more powerful than reason. And you can just look at my brother. He's a perfect example of that because he continued to love my sister, even though he knew that was going to get him killed. Um, and John says, love is the death of duty. And Tyrion says, you know, did you just make a, that up right now? And um, throw back. John says, well, it's something Mace Raymond, a Targaryen, said a long time ago. And uh, Tyrion says, well, it kind of works the other way around, too, because duty is also the death of love. Because, you know, John's duty now to either become king um, and take his rightful, I say in quotation marks, place, or, um, you know, to kill Danny, whatever he's going to do, you know, that's his duty now. And it's going to destroy the love that he has for Daenerys. And Tyrion reminds John, you know, you are the shield that guards the realms of men. Um, and Tyrion says, you know, you've got to kill her. That's what you got to do. I know you don't want to. I know you love her, but you've got to do it. And um, she will eventually execute you. And John says, well, you know, again, blindly, uh, that's her decision. If she wants to execute me, I mean, she's the queen. So if she sees me as a threat. Then that's her decision. And, you know, Tyrion brings up, he's like, you know, she's going to kill your sisters. What about that? And he says, you have to choose what you're going to do right now. This is the time to do it because this is the only chance you're going to get. So John leaves. He's walking um, to the throne room and all of a sudden out of the rubble, it just seems like a big pile of rubble. And Dr uh, Drogon just appears out from under it. <laughs> he shakes all the rubble off because dragons like to burrow. They like to um snuggle in different places so drogon sniffs him he's like oh okay i know who you are you're not a threat he lays back down um we see danny in the throne room she's looking at the iron throne and she just smiles at it she's just drunk with power she touches it um you know she's waited all of this time and let me just say how mad i was that the girl didn't even get to sit in it for five seconds uh, she turns around and John's there and she starts telling him about how Viserys described the Iron Throne and how it was made out of thousands of swords, which it is in the books. It's actually uh, very, uh, you climb stairs of swords to get to the throne. 
Um, but, you know, they made it a little less simple in the show. And uh, she says, you know, yeah, when I was just a little um, what, little girl who knew like, you know, 20 words or whatever, it seemed really cool. But, um, you know, it's really this much smaller thing. But um, John just starts laying into where he says, you know, what did you do? You killed all these innocent people. And she's a little taken aback. She's a little surprised that he you know, it's not with her on this. Um, but she says, he says, you know, what you did was wrong and you shouldn't have done that. And she says, well, it's Cersei's fault because she used the people. People came in here and they hid with her. So, you know, that's what they get. And he asks her about Tyrion and, um, she says, look, you have killed people that have betrayed you. You've done the exact same thing. So how can you fault me for that? And he says, yeah, but, you know, he asks her to forgive Tyrion and uh, the other people. He says, you know, look, just give them mercy, show them mercy. But she says, well, we can't hide behind the small mercies. And she says, it's, you know, it's not easy to see something that no one has ever or that has never been before. And she just has this vision of what the world's going to be. And um, she says, you know, it'll be this good and just world. And he says, yeah, but, you know, if you kill everybody and you kill all these innocent people and there's all of this collateral damage, how is it good? And uh, she says, well, you know, I know what good is and so do you. <clears throat> and um, he asks, you know, well, what about the other people that think they know the right thing for the world and people that may have their own opinion that doesn't go with yours or mine? And, you know, she's just like, well, they won't be around. We'll just take care of them. And she really wants to be with John. She wants them to be together and to rule together. And she wants them to rebuild the world and uh, break the wheel together. And of course, you know, he says, you are my queen now and always. And he kisses her and then he stabs her because that's what he's got to do. He's got to kill her. And it just tears him apart. He cries. He holds her. And she dies. So Drogon starts kind of screeching outside. He can tell that she is gone, that something has happened to her because of his connection with her. So he climbs up into the throne room and he looks at John very suspiciously and he seems a little angry. And then he sees Danny's body there and, uh, just killed me. Um, he sniffs her and he, you know, bumps her with his nose to try to get her up and she doesn't respond and he can just tell that she is dead and this look of total just anger. They, the visual effects people did just wonders with this dragon's face because I could see different emotions going on and that was just the amount of time that it took to do that. I can only imagine um, just the hours and hours that went into that because I could, you know, just see the emotions the <laughs> dragon's face. But, um, you know, he looks at John, it's like he knows what he did and you almost wonder if he's going to just burn John and he opens his mouth and, you know, the flame starts coming together, but instead he turns and, um, he starts, um, burning the iron throne and he just completely melts it. It's like he knew in his head that this is what she died for. The reason that she was gone was because she lusted after this throne and it was the thing that killed her. And, um, he grabs her with one of his back paws and he flies away and we do not see him again 
Um, but I'm pretty sure that what happened was that he took her and uh, flew away to Valyria um, because that's probably, you know, the place that um, would always, even though he's never been there before, dragons, I think instinctually it would just call to him, you know, that was where her ancestors were from. And if you've read Fire and Blood, um, there is spoiler alerts for the next few seconds, but there is a little girl Targaryen who actually um, takes Balerion the Black Dread, who was Aegon the Conqueror's um, dragon. But he was still alive years and years later. This little girl Targaryen sneaks into um, the um, sort of dragon pit on Dragonstone. She rides off on Balerion and she disappears. And then a year later, Balerion comes back with her to King's Landing and she is just dying and her skin's cracking apart. She's burning up from the inside. And um, so she's got some kind of disease. And the only thing that they can figure out, uh, the maesters can figure out is that Valerian, because he came from Valyria, would have known to go there. That just would have been instinctual for him. And so he probably took her there and it's not habitual for people anymore um, since the doom. So she got sick and that's probably what happened to her. So anyway, that's why I think that Drogon probably took her to Valyria and just lived out the rest of his days there. So then we go to many days or possibly weeks later because um, Tyrion's got more of a beard now. He's looking kind of haggard. He's lying in his cell and Grey Worm comes and uh, I guess, um, I guess he knew what happened to Daenerys at this point. But I wasn't sure if at first he thought maybe he was going to his own execution. But Tyrion actually gets taken to the dragon pit and everybody is there. Um, Arya, Sansa, Ed Mortelli, uh, Bronze Yoin Royce, Robin Aaron, um, who's grown a lot and still doesn't really seem to know what he's doing from the five seconds we get of him. But um, he's there too. So basically all the lords and some of the ladies that are left of Westeros. Sansa asks where Jon is because both prisoners were supposed to be brought before them. Um, so, and she's also brought the army of the north. Or I mean, they were already down there, but I guess, I don't know. She somehow got down there and they're still there. Um, but she wants to know where Jon is as well. And Grey Worm says he's a prisoner. He killed the queen. We're not letting him out. And she reminds him that the Northern Army is outside the gates and they're not going to like that Jon Snow is um, being held prisoner. Um, Yara says, hey, look, you know, you guys in the North might swear fealty and forget your oaths pretty quickly, but I swore to follow the Queen and he killed her. So Jon in turn should be executed. And I don't think again that anybody but Tyrion and um, Arya and Sansa and Bran know who Jon really is. I don't think that it got any further than that. Vera's writing these letters. I mean, from what I could tell, nobody mentions it. Nobody talks about it. And I just think something would have been said about him being, you know, the rightful heir or Targaryen or something. None of that is mentioned. So um, either none of Varys's letters went out or, you know, whoever has left it and read them. I don't think they knew. However, I could be wrong about that, but I'm fairly certain. Um, so Arya, <laughs> uh, going back to Yara saying, yeah, well, you know, um, 
John should be killed for killing the queen. And Arya's like, look, you keep talking about killing my brother and you and me are going to have some words in a minute. So Davos, again, always trying to be the peacemaker, um, talks to Grey Worm and he says, look, you know, there's all this land in the reach. There's nobody there. Um, why don't the Unsullied and, you know, the, 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 the can't speak, the Dothraki go settle there and you can build a house and, you know, you can do whatever you want in, you know, as part of the country. Um, and I mean, I really don't know how they're going to build a house because the Unsullied can't have children, but, um, you know, whatever Davos was trying. Um, but Grey Worm just kind of takes offense to that. He's like, look, we don't need payment. We need justice for what was done to our queen. And Tyrion says, look, it's not for the Unsullied to decide. You're not part of Westeros. Um, you know, we, uh, a king or a queen should decide John's fate and my fate. And everybody's like, yeah, well, there is no king or a queen. And he says, well, you know, y'all are the most powerful people in Westeros. Y'all can choose one. And, um, you know, he's like, look, this is what you, you know, you're like a council. There have been great councils in the past. Um, they didn't really choose. They might choose the successor between male and female um, Targaryens. But, you know, he's like, you guys can choose the new ruler of Westeros. You should have that power. And, oh God, Ed Mortelli, I swear, this was, this was definitely some comic relief. Poor Tobias Menzies, love him to death. But <laughs> Ed Mortelli gets up and he's like, yeah, I, you know, my family's gone back years in this country and I've been in two wars. Yeah, dude, you kind of didn't do well in either of them, but okay. Um, and he's just, you can tell he's going to start to go in this speech about how he should be king. And Sansa just says, uncle, sit down. And just looks at him like this is a dog that she is telling to sit. And he just kind of, he cows and, you know, it was hilarious. But, uh, he sits down because obviously this dude would not be a good king. Um, he screws everything up that he has anything to do with and, he just really got River Run back not that long ago, but whatever. Uh, it's kind of a debate as whether to whether he should be Lord of River Run. But anyway, um, it was really embarrassing. So <laughs> he goes to sit back down and he's so flustered that his sword hits this post. So anyway, bunch of comic relief. Um, Lord Royce from the Erie says, you know, OK, well, we've got to pick someone. And Samwell um, comes up with this very good idea. And I um, was wondering if this would happen. And my theory sort of happened, but not to the T. I actually posted on Facebook right before the episode. I'm like, hmm, will Westeros become a democracy and people will get to vote who they want to rule? Um, so Samwell, always being our voice of the people, says, well, why don't we let everybody in Westeros decide? Even the common people, I mean, why is it just up to the rich people and the people who have these prominent families? And um, everybody just starts laughing because we're making progress, but we're not making that much progress yet. Um, you know, this is the English feudal system. We're not getting rid of the monarchy just yet. So Edmore's just like, yeah, why don't we just give dogs the right to vote too? And uh, Tyrion's like, um, 
you know, hey, everybody, we really got to think about this. And Edmure is just like, yeah, Tyrion, you know, you probably think you should be king. And Tyrion's like, hell no, I don't want to be king. Um, and he's like, you know, I've counseled people. I've made decisions. I've made wrong decisions. I don't want this power. I don't think that I need to be the king. I'm not saying that at all. But we need to pick somebody to be the ruler. So Davos is like, okay, well, who do you think it should be? And Tyrion's like, well, you know, over the last few days and weeks, I've had a lot of time to think um, about the fate of this country and, um, you know, where does power reside? Just like Vera's always said. Um, and he says, um, you know, you can have an army, you can have fear, you can have love, but where power really resides are the stories. And we really know that from the history of Westeros um, is that stories are the most powerful thing. And, um, you know, the people who write the history books, as we know, in America can make up whatever they want um, and make it sound good. But anyway, so Tyrion thinks that Bran has the best story because he's the history book of Westeros. He knows what has been done in the past. Um, this really caught me off guard. I was not expecting uh, Bran um, to be considered at all. I don't know. It just never occurred to me. Um, cause I just see him as more of, like you said that, you know, like we know the history book, um, not really a ruler because he doesn't have that kind of ambition. Um, but Tyrion just says, you know, he, uh, is the broken boy, you know, he was pushed out of a tower. He, um, almost died. He woke up, he went beyond the wall. He learned how to fly. He's sitting here right now. I mean, this is a true, you know, um, underdog story you know we really need to get behind this and this is great and Sansa says okay well yeah that's great but Bran has no interest in ruling and he can't father any children and Tyrion says well that's okay you know that's really a good thing because maybe the throne shouldn't be hereditary because the people who have um inherited it all these years haven't been good rulers necessarily. And, you know, just because you were born into the right family doesn't mean you should rule. Um, so Tyrion even brings up that it's kind of something that Daenerys wanted to stop was just this cycle of because, okay, this family is now in on the throne and uh, they have the power. It just stays there and nothing ever gets changed. There's no democracy. And, um, he says, you know, rulers won't be born. They'll be choos chosen by the lords and the ladies of Westeros on this very spot. So at the dragon pit. And, um, you know, he tells Bran that, you know, I know you don't want it, but if we choose you right now, would you wear the crown and lead the people? And as I'm expecting Bran to go, no. Bran says, why do you think I came all this way? Um, so that was slightly surprising to me. I just didn't see brand going for it um i kind of felt like okay it was just very mixed feelings because i'm like okay so to brand just engineer this whole thing so that he could be king and he's also immortal um so okay like we're not gonna you know keep letting this be hereditary because it can't have children but this dude could live for a long long time and if he's a bad ruler then we're stuck with him as a bad ruler for a long long time um, but yeah, I don't know, maybe he'll be a good king and he'll die in the next hundred something years and 
the next Lords and Ladies of Westeros will be able to pick somebody else. And I think everybody else is kind of shocked by it too and shocked that Bran accepts it um, because it's quiet for a few minutes. Then Sam seconds Tyrion and then of course Edmure falls in line because of course, you know, it's his family and everybody goes around and agrees and uh, gets to Sansa and Arya and um, Sansa just turns to him. Uh, she does not agree. And she says, look, I love you, um, but the North is going to be an independent kingdom. And, you know, she basically asserts herself as queen of the North because apparently nobody really gets to vote up there. I mean, I guess they all love her, but um, I don't know. It just seemed like she was kind of sarsaying the situation and little fingering the situation. And she just made herself queen of half the kingdom. But uh, Bran just goes along with it and is like, okay. And they all hail Bran the Broken, Lord of the Six Kingdoms and Protector of the Realm. And uh, so then Bran names Tyrion his hand. And Tyrion's just shocked. He's like, no, why would you do that? It's like a cruel joke. I don't deserve it. I'm not wise. You should choose Sir Davos. He is, you know, he is a great advisor. And Grey Worm's just like, no, uh-uh, Tyrion's dying. Like, we're not, why are you making him hand? Um, but Bran's like, look, he's made mistakes and he will spend the rest of his life fixing them. So this is kind of a prison sentence for him because he doesn't really want to do it, but he's going to have to now. Um, so then Tyrion goes to visit Jon and uh, I guess the council and Bran have... Um, talked about what to do along with the unsullied and everything to kind of keep peace and <laughs> poor 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 John John has been um, commanded to be sent to the Night's Watch <laughs> so John comes full circle in this I mean he didn't want to be king I definitely don't think he wanted it after he had to kill Danny for it either um, I figured that he would end up having to kill Danny and it would just be too much for him. And he would go North and just live out the rest of his days because, you know, when Tormund's like, you belong North of the wall and the real North, um, you know, I just figured that would probably be what ended up happening. But, um, John, you know, asked here and he says, am I right? You know, to, for killing Daenerys because it just doesn't feel right. And of course, you know, this is John. He grew up a Stark. So to betray his words really feels wrong to him. And, uh, you know, Tyrion says, hey, ask me again in 10 years. You know, we've all worked this out. I nominated Bran. Bran's now the king. So who knows? You know, we really could have crapped this up again. I don't know. And uh, John says goodbye to Tyrion. And he says, yeah, I just don't think we'll ever see each other again. And uh, Tyrion says, well, you know, I'm not so sure because being Hand of the King, I'll probably end up wanting to go piss off the wall again. And uh, so then this kind of uh, led me to question, so what's been happening with the Night's Watch? Because it seemed like they were pretty much obliterated. I mean, they came um, to Winterfell after the others had crossed the wall. But then, you know, we see Dolores Ed die and he was the Lord Commander. We really didn't, I mean, I thought they were pretty much all gone except for maybe a couple of them. So it seems like after the Battle of Winterfell, um, some of them that were left went back to the wall and uh, they're manning it again. Um, you may ask, why does there need to be a Night's Watch? Well, the wildlings are going back north and while there's peace right now, they still have to be checked because they are the free folk 
and um, the kingdom of the north needs to be um, taken care of and make sure, you know, they're not being raped and pillaged and all of that. So uh, there's that to do. And I mean, a thousand years ago, the reason the Night's Watch was built was because uh, they had killed the others, but they were always scared they could come back and you never know they could come back again. So, so John gets taken by these two random Night's Watch people that happen to be in King's Landing and he walks past Grey Worm. And again, you know, um, for the Unsullied to leave and to, um, give peace to Westeros, uh, for what happened to Danny, something had to happen to John. So, um, the people of Westeros or the Lords of Westeros and the Unsullied compromised that John would go to the Night's Watch. And, um, you know, Bran was really upset that he had to do that, but that's what he had to do. Um, so the Unsullied and the Dothraki are uh, getting on boats because they're leaving to go back to Essos. Um, and one of the Unsullied actually says to Grey Worm, okay, all the men are loaded up. We're all ready. And he's like, you know, where are we going? And Grey Worm says, we're going to Noth. So he's going to go protect um, Masande's people like he promised. And then John is getting ready to get on a boat. Um, and Bran and Arya and Sansa are there. They're waiting for him. And Sansa asks, you know, if he can ever forgive her. You know, she says, look, I had to do what I had to do. And uh, John says, well, you know, the North is free thanks to you. So... Um, I'm sure the people will love Ned Stark's daughter. They'll have her as their ruler. Again, did they get to vote? Uh, whatever. I just kind of thought she cooed there a little bit. But anyway, um, John tells Arya, you know, you can come visit me. And she, um, she says, no, I don't think I can. And John says, look, I don't think you have to worry about anybody saying a woman can't come to the wall. Besides the fact that, you know, the rules have been a little lax lately anyway. But Arya says, no, that's the thing is that I'm not going to be in Westeros. And he's like, well, you know, where are you planning on going? And she says, well, uh, like she said um, in a previous season, what's west of Westeros? Um, you know, that's where the maps stop. And so that's where she wants to go. And he says, well, you have your needle. And she says, yeah. And they hug. For those of you who have read Fire and Blood, you might realize that this seems to be a nod to... Um, Alice Westhill, who was Alyssa Farman, uh, for those of you that haven't read it, doesn't really spoil anything unless you want to read the history, but, um, Alyssa Farman was this lady who, um, was a friend to one of the Targaryen princesses, but she wanted to go on a ship and explore the world, and so she ended up stealing three dragon eggs from Dragonstone, which coincidentally were most likely Danny's dragon eggs, and she went and sold them um, in Bravos, and uh, they were originally then sold to somebody in Pentos, and uh, anyway, she got a boat, and she went, she explored, and uh, she had some people go with her, um, some lords, um, who championed her cause and they came back and, but she was still going. So we don't really know whatever happened to her, but, um, Arya really seemed to be kind of taking, um, following her footsteps. So after John and Arya say goodbye, John kneels before Bran and he says, you know, I'm really sorry that I wasn't there to protect you when you needed me. And Bran, you know, as he always says was you were exactly where you were supposed to be. So then we go to, um, the tower of the hand and, um, 
or I'm sorry, no, we go to the um, Kingsguard Tower and Brienne is sitting there at the table. So I think she's been named Lord Commander of the Kingsguard and she's looking at the uh, white book um, and she sees, you know, all the different Kingsguards that are in there and she gets to Jamie's page. And of course, you know, it's only half filled and basically it's just like, um, you know, killed Robert or not killed Robert, rather killed heirs, the mad King was therefore known as the Kingslayer, um, was, um, was initiated in the Kingsguard at the age of 15, um, served Robert Baratheon, served Joffrey Baratheon, served Tommen Baratheon, and that's about it. And, uh, she decides to fill in, uh, the rest of his story and she actually ends up taking up a few pages. And at the end, she puts that he died protecting his queen. And uh, she kind of has her moment and she closes the book. Um, so then we go to the Tower of the Hand. And Tyrion's kind of um, straightening everything up. He's looking at the chair, the hand's chair. And he sits in it. Uh, no one else is in there yet. And he gets up and he straightens all the chairs. So it's obvious that he's getting ready for some sort of council meeting. And uh, then his small council or what um, it's made up of so far comes in. And uh, Bronn comes in. He's the master of coin. He has been given High Garden. He's Lord Paramount of the Reach. Um and who else it's uh brienne obviously um as the king's the head of the king's guard and uh sir davos is there he is the master of ships and uh samwell's there he is in a white maester's robe and he is the grand maester um so he's serving bran in that position and when sam comes in he lays down a book in front of Tyrion. And it is a book called A Song of Ice and Fire. And um, Sam says that Maester Ebros put down the whole story of the wars after Robert Baratheon died. And uh, Tyrion's like, okay, that's nice. Um, okay. And he's like, well, I'm sure I was scrutinized in it. And everybody kind of looks at each other. And he's like, okay, you know, did they like rip me a new one? What's going on? Well, apparently he wasn't even mentioned in the book. Don't know what that was about unless that was just supposed to be comic relief. Um, but then Bran wheels Brienne, I mean, Brienne wheels Bran in um, to the small council meeting and they all look at Bran and he looks around and he's like, well, it seems like we're missing some people. We need a master of laws. We need a master of whispers. We need a master of war. And uh, then he says, does anybody know where Drogon is? Um, and I think Sam says, oh, well, the last we heard he was flying east. And of course, Bronn's like, yeah, well, the farther away he is, the better. And Bran says, well, you know, maybe I can find him because obviously he can warg into uh, different creatures. He can reach pretty far. So maybe that's what he's going to do. And uh, but then I was kind of disappointed in this because he's like, well, I'll go find Drogon. Why don't y'all just carry on? So he leaves the small council meeting. So once again, we have a king that um, doesn't participate in the decisions of the country he's ruling whatsoever. Um, you know, the best rulers, uh, Jaharis Targaryen, um, some of the other ones, they always were part of the decisions. And so, um, you know, I never liked that Cersei and Tywin 
both kept uh, Tommen and Joffrey out. I mean, Joffrey didn't care. Robert didn't care. But, you know, you're going to rule. So you need to be in these meetings. You need to take an active part. And so um, while it's probably good to make sure Drogon, you know, wasn't going to rain terror on anybody, um, I was just like, okay, so Bran's just going to be like these other rulers that we just got rid of and not participate at all. That just, okay. Um, how are we breaking the wheel here? <laughs> um, so then the small council's talking and Tyrion's like, yeah, we need food. Um, you know, we've given you high garden and everything else. So, you know, um, how can we do this? We need to barter. And Sir Davos is like, well, you know, we need to repair the Armada. And Bronn's like, well, the master of coin wants to make sure that we're not spending money where we don't need to. And so even though it's kind of like a little comedy, it seems like they're kind of bickering already. So um, I'm not really sure that much changed in the grand scheme of things. Um, but Tyrion thinks it's a good idea to repair the sewers. Uh, but Bronn's big thing is that he thinks they need to rebuild the brothels because all of the brothels um, collapsed and there's no brothels in King's Landing anymore. So, you know, they just like mockingly fight about all of that. Um, but it just kind of made me wonder, um, you know, did we really change anything? I mean, I guess the lords and ladies get to vote for a king. But again, like I said, isn't Bran sort of immortal? And, um, you know, when are they really going to get to do that? I don't know. It just, I'm still trying to wrap my head around some of that. Oh, yeah. And um, Sir Podrick is also a member of the King's Guard because he comes in to retrieve Bran and take him to go wherever he's going to do his glassy eyed thing to find Drogon. John returns to Castle Black, so he has come full circle. Poor guy. I mean, um, the North is really where he belongs, like Tormund said, but it was just kind of funny that this poor dude has been through everything. He died, and he's right back at the Night's Watch where he began. But um, we um, hear uh, one horn blowing, which, of course, is for men returning. And when John comes into the gates, he sees Tormund. Um, and then we start to see different things, like we see Longclaw on a table, and John picks it up. Um, we see Needle being picked up off a, t a table, because of course that's Arya, and then Sansa's being dressed. Um, someone is putting on this really pretty dress, and then we see Sansa is Queen in the North. Um, which again, she basically made herself that, but whatever. I just, I don't know why I have a problem with that. I am glad that one woman ended up ruling somewhere, but, um, all the men kneel before Sansa and hail her as queen in the North. And I don't know, it just seems to me like even her crown looked a little Cersei-ish. I don't know. Uh, but Arya's on a boat. She's traveling. She's going to go explore. And John has kind of taken his place as a man of the Night's Watch, but with the wildlings. So he's um, going north beyond the wall with them again to help them resettle. And he is um, reunited with Ghost. So I was really happy about that because he and Ghost really belong together. And Ghost was just extremely happy to see him. That poor one-eared direwolf. Um, by the way, Arya has an awesome boat because just like Danny's boats were awesome and they had the dragon head coming off. Um, Arya had the wolf head. It was really cool. Um, but John watches the gate close to um, the Night's Watch and then we fade to black. 
And that is it for Game of Thrones. Um, so again, I know some people love it. I so num- know some people hate it. I know some people have mixed feelings. It's definitely a lot to take in. And I would say, you know, just let yourself take it in. Um, you know, Danny was probably um, my favorite character. And I really did not like seeing her downfall. But um that you know that was the story this is game of thrones if it was going to be predictable even though that was kind of predictable they had been setting it up for a few years um i wish they had taken one or two more episodes to kind of show her decline um because you know even though she seemed to um you know go mad queen a little bit every once in a while or at least seemed like she might go that way everybody was always able to talk her down and it just seemed like a complete 180 in the span of one episode um and at least I had a week to kind of get myself right with that and to know that she was probably going to die um because she did go full mad queen but um again you know uh it's one of my favorite characters I hate to see her villainized but um she did what she was supposed to do Um, it was always said that she was a conqueror. That's what she did. And, um, she did her part to rid Westeros of, um, some of the bad people that were ruling it, you know, like the Lannisters, um, or at least Cersei and all that. So she did her part as to what she was supposed to do. You know, they would not have been able to defeat the Night King's army if she had not been there with her dragons to help them. And, um, so that's what she was supposed to do. She did inspire some things and, um, her dream in some form was correct in breaking the wheel. Um, you know, and that this, um, you know, being a queen, a ruler maybe shouldn't necessarily be inherited, even though, you know, she always said that she was the rightful heir um, because of who she was and the family she came from. But I do know that she wanted to get rid of tyrants. And unfortunately that meant that the world had to get rid of her as well. Um, and I just think that after she lost Ser Jorah, he was really her moral compass and, uh, John just couldn't, he wasn't the one to stand up to her. And she just, she just listened like, Jorah was that father figure for her and she listened to him for the most part and John you know could not stand up to her um Tyrion she just would not listen to him and because you know he made so many bad decisions regarding his family um for so long in her eyes she just couldn't trust him but she really thought she was saving the world um you know you could just really see it in her eyes when she's talking to John um it just made me think of like um, some of the other crazy Targaryens like Baylor and the one who um, it was one of the Aegons that wanted he thought he could turn himself into a dragon and he blew himself up with wildfire. Um, you know, he just really thought he was doing the right thing. And that's the scariest thing is when somebody believes they're doing the right thing and there's just no way you can talk them out of what they're doing and what they're doing is not the right thing. That is just the scariest thing. Um so, you know, uh, came true what she saw in the house of the undying, you know, she saw the iron throne. And, um, so it's kind of good that she didn't sit in it on the, sh- the last episode of the show because in the house of the undying, she saw it, she wanted to go sit in it and touch it, but she heard the baby crying and she went and saw Drogo and Rago. 
And so that's kind of how it happened in the show. You know, she, uh, John killed her. And I feel like, um, when Drogon took her off, she just kind of went, uh, she rode off into the Nightlands with Jorah, um, not Jorah, with, uh, Drogo and Rago. So she was kind of, um, she was reunited with them. And so hopefully she found some, um, some peace. Um, I kind of wonder what Bran's planning on doing with Drogon. Cause I mean, I get it. You need to find this weapon of mass destruction and just make sure it's not going crazy. Um, you know, Jorah always talked about how dragon can't be tamed, but Daenerys and Jon did a pretty good job of it. Um, and Jorah always talked about how, you know, dragons eat whatever. And Danny even kind of jokingly said that one time to Sansa. Um, but the dragons, for the most part, like weren't going around eating children and stuff. I mean, they were eating livestock. As long as they were being taken care of, they were okay. And um, in most of the histories of Westeros, I never read where the dragons were just going around killing people all the time and eating them. So Jorah kind of gives them a bad rap, but, um, I don't know. I really wanted the dragons to continue, um, just because again, they were one of my favorite characters and they are weapons of mass destruction. They can do some really scary things, but, um, they were just very majestical creatures. And, uh, so I was really hoping they'd find some more dragon eggs. I was kind of hoping that the Targaryen line wouldn't end. And I mean, John could go find another wildling girl and have some babies, but nobody's ever going to know that they have Targaryen blood. Um, again, I was really upset that Bronn did not stay for the small council session because, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, I'm just going to go work into this dragon that maybe it's not a problem right this minute, but all these decisions need to be made for the kingdom and I'm going to let y'all do that. Um, you know, I really thought that he was picked because he could look back at the past mistakes that they were made and maybe make them better. I am really happy that John went north of the wall. I just think that's where he was going to find peace. He was never going to be the ruler of Westeros. Um, I'm very glad, even though I do love the history of Westeros and of the Targaryens um, and Aegon the Conqueror. I do think it was very cool that Drogon melted the Iron Throne because, like I said, um, it was just almost like he he knew what drove Danny um, to her madness, and um, he just knew that that was part of the wheel that needed to be broken. So I just thought that was really cool that he just did that. Again, I have reservations about Sansa. Um, I don't think she'll be a bad ruler. I just, you know, kind of thought she placed herself there. Um, so I don't know. And again, I was a Danny fan and I just kind of felt like she was some of the reason, you know, she didn't help, uh, she didn't help Danny at all. She kind of did help her, um, spiral downwards. I mean, Danny probably always would have done it anyway, but, um, you know, I don't know. So we get the uh, full behind the scenes documentary um, next Sunday night. I believe it's called The Last Watch. And I think it's a compilation of all of the years that Game of Thrones has been filmed. Um, so hopefully we'll get some more insight as to how this ended and why uh, things, certain things happened the way they did. Um, you know, I believe some of it was supposed to be mysterious. We were not going to get all of our questions answered. And, um, you know, there's a lot of expectations to live up to. Like I said, um, 
for the most part, I've been on board with what they've done. Um, I think the petition to redo season eight is a little spoiled. I don't know. The person who did that is kind of spoiled. I think people are, I mean, I'm sorry if that's the way you feel. You have the right to your opinion, but I think that's taking it a little too far, but nobody's ever going to be happy with the way um, that something turns out, especially something that's got this much hype and build up and uh, has just been the story that it's been. But I'm excited um, for the prequel and spinoffs and whatever else is coming. Um, so I can't wait to see that. I hope it will live up to the same expectations. Um, sometimes spinoffs can be better than the original. I don't think anything can be better than the original on this. Um, but, uh, you know, I think Better Call Saul is better than Breaking Bad. That's just me personally. But anyway, um, but we will have more. Hopefully George will finish his books at some point. I would love to see that because there's a lot of other characters in the books that, uh, I want to know what happens to them. And I'm sure that, uh, some things will be different. So I'd like to see how that plays out. Um, I've heard that the reason that it's taken him so long, and uh, this might be true, but I think he probably could have figured this out by now, is he allegedly killed off some character um, in one of the other books, and now the person's integral to the plot line, and so he can't figure out how to fix that. Um, but I would think that his publisher could come up with people to help him think of an idea for that. But anyway, whatever. Hopefully we'll get the books one day. I'm excited for the next Fire and Blood and, um, you know, I plan to continue on my podcast, um, when the, uh, Blood Moon or the Long Night or whatever the heck it's called because they change it every other week comes out. Um, I may come back and do a podcast every once in a while, see how I feel, um, again, like in the next week, um, you know, after I see the documentary and, um, you know, have more thoughts and let this sink in. Um, but I hope you guys have enjoyed it. I've enjoyed recapping this for you and sharing my opinions with you guys. And, um, you know, I look forward to doing it again. So, um, have a great night. Have any questions, comments, crazy theories? Um, you can email me at gamesforthethrone at gmail.com. You can also check me out at um, Games for the Throne on Facebook, and it's at Games for the Throne on Twitter, but the four is the number four, and then I'm also Games for the Throne on um, Instagram, and you can check out my podcast if you're not, well, if you want to check it out somewhere else, obviously, instead of on iTunes or SoundCloud, um, but I also have a blog. Um, I blog about a lot of different stuff to do with Game of Thrones. And um, it's called, the website is 3cstudio.net slash games for the throne. So um, lots of cool, neat stuff there. I'd love to hear from you guys. I hope I'm doing a good job. I hope I'm interesting. Um, So thanks for listening to my podcast, and I will see you next week.